Welcome to the Bagland Podcast. This is Bagland DP, where we discuss politics, tech, and tangibles. If it's not about that, I don't want to hear it. Promoting these black-owned businesses. Phil Solomon Restoration, LLC. He does wall repair, toilet installation, cabinets, doors, sinks, painting, carpentry, 612-298-9852. Give him a call, 612-298-9852. And this brother is an East African brother on code. He wants to specifically help foundational black Americans. So he's looking for black folk, that's looking to work 15 to 20 hours per week at $15 an hour start time at 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. Go to www.thenaturaljourneyforlife.com to get your health, your smoothies, and your recipes on point. The Sizzling Wagon is serving Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. in downtown Minneapolis, serving on a lockdown as well. Call 612-475-0713 for takeout. Go to beingblackandit.com to get your information technology book. How to get into the game of technology, beingblackandit.com on Amazon Prime. Go to Inns Beauty and Supplies, 615-66th Avenue, North Brooklyn Park, open every day from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Green Royal Videos is still doing his video animations. Hit me up on beingblackandit.com, you know, to get down with that. And also, go to www.catwalk.com. Catwalk Fierce. It's www.catwalkfierce.com. The homegirl has excellent makeup consultation. Go to www.accelerateclasses.com to get your Excel, Python, Data Science, SQL, Aura, coding, HTML, CSS boot camps. Go to my boy at www.sendbeats.com. That's P-S-Y-N-Beats.com. He does scores, films, movies, cartoons, device sounds. Have your ASCAP and BMI ready. Here's a black-owned wine company, McBrideSisters.com. Go to CenterFireTacticalGear.com to get your tactical gear. Go to Redstone Firearms. They do excellent business. Go to RedstoneFirearms.com. Go to OnPointArmsLLC.com. Buy your firearms. You're going to need them. HTXTactical.com for custom builds. ITMasterKey.com. That's going to be your online IT certification course. I want a mask.com. That's your KN95 certified mask. I bought a few myself. They're excellent. Black owned business. The www.thesafetypouch.com. This allows you to keep your wallet in reaching distance or in actual in no reaching distance if the race soldiers pull you over. Go to www.tcmobilecarwash.com. Appointments only. Call 612 800 2772. They do excellent work. And go to www.dirkswipes.com. That's D-E-R-X-Wipes.com. It's an excellent black-owned business. Shipping disinfectant wipes out of the state of Minnesota. This is Democracy Now!, the Quarantine Report. I'm Amy Goodman. As we go to Indiana, where authorities are investigating a violent racist attack on an African-American man that took place over July 4th weekend, it was caught on film. But more than a week later, no arrests have been made in response to the incident. A warning to our viewers, this story contains disturbing images. Box Booker was at Lake Monroe near Bloomington, Indiana, in the Indiana State Forest with friends on July 4th, when five white men pinned him to a tree, beat him, threatened to lynch him. 
Booker is a member of the Monroe County Human Rights Commission in Bloomington. He says he was able to get out of the mob's hands after passersby intervened to get the attackers off him. Last week, Vox held a news conference with his attorney, local elected officials, and two of the white witnesses who intervened on his behalf during the attempted lynching. This is a reporter questioning one of those witnesses, Stephen Cox. You know, had said multiple times yesterday that when they were holding him down, calling for a news threatening to harm him, uh, he truly thought that they were trying to kill him. Yeah. As someone who was an outsider, kind of able to see all the moving parts of this, did you also think that it was a possibility yes. that Vox might not be? Yes. When they called him, you can leave the boy here. You guys can go, but you can leave the boy here. So the white people could go, but they wanted us to leave him there and to do what they wanted to with him. I don't think anybody could do that in good conscience. I'm not a fighter, so I'm like, but I wouldn't leave. But it was scary. I mean, probably the scariest thing I've ever seen. And this is a reporter questioning another white witness, Brennan Golightly. In your opinion, if you all, you know, the other people that were there, as well as yourself, that had their phones out there with Fox, if you were not there, do you think the situation would have ended differently? I think it would have ended very differently. I also feel if it was me, or any one of our other campers, that wouldn't have happened. That's what, that's just my personal feeling of the situation. I, I do think, um, because of the color of Vox's skin, that he, uh, this happened to him. The FBI is investigating the attack as a potential hate crime, and Bloomington Mayor John Hamilton has condemned it in a statement. But Vox Booker is now calling on the U.S. District of Southern Indiana to convene a grand jury to take up the case. Vox Booker joins us now from Bloomington. Welcome to Democracy Now! I'm so sorry to hear about what happened to you. Can you describe what—it was July 4th? It was July 4th, the nation's Independence Day. I was simply trying to gather with a group of friends to watch the uh, lunar eclipse. You walked into Indiana uh, State Forest? Yeah, we just made, it was, our site was just about a short 10 minute hike in. Uh, a friend and I, we were going to go meet a group of others. Um, on our way in, we were confronted by a man who was wearing a oversized cowboy hat with a Confederate flag print on it. We were cordial enough um, and continued towards the site. Uh, a moment later, he pursued us on an ATV, uh, told us we were on private property. I knew we weren't actually on private property, but rather than have some type of confrontation, we just simply apologized um, and continued to our site and spoke to the organizer. So what happened in this situation now let's rewind a little bit here castle black folk of the night's watch indiana and i believe that was bloomington indiana to be exact as i said many times before indiana is a white supremacist haven the clan flourished down there in indiana mr pence vice president pence is from indiana do you hear me? Mr. Pence is from Indiana. And when I watch this on Democracy Now, when I seen this report, this video report, when the brother said he tried to reach out to some of the investigators and they used the old I'm white and I say so 
See, initially when he was a when he was assaulted, and I'm gonna use the word ambush. This was a real live lynching. They wanted to go get that rope. When this brother was assaulted by these race soldiers, they were talking about, well, this isn't private. This is private property. It was not their property. But Billy Bob always looks at wherever he stands is his property. This is a colonization mindset. So he's looking at it from a standpoint like, nigga, you are black and you have a black uniform. Therefore, you could be mistreated. I'm white and what I said is what I said. You are on private property, Negro, and we're going to lynch you. And that's exactly what they did. And they intended to do it. The arresting officer that was supposed to arrest those bastards, he started explaining on some on my I'm white and I say so, talking about uh it could be private property. The arresting officer that was supposed to arrest these assholes said it was oh well it could be on private property. Didn't say nothing about them trying to lynch him. So the race soldiers they stayed on code and they said I'm not gonna punish my fellow white brethren. For all you sacrilegious sacri Negroes, you ain't going to weep, pray, and beg these bastards not to harm you. The officers and investigators didn't arrest the white supremacists, but they did arrest some skinny dippers. I noticed that in the report. They arrested some people that were skinny dipping. So he said, you know, the brother said that you can't have justice here in the local system. So he asked if the Fettuccine Alfredos could step in. I don't think the FBI is going to do too much else. And I noticed something else. Ironically, he said he knew Mike Pence of all people. He said that he knew Pence. In Indiana, you can have probable cause or a grand jury for an arrest in Indiana. But Indiana doesn't do that many grand juries, what the brother said. So now I go into the question mode. Why don't they do grand juries? That's the question. Why don't they do a lot of grand juries down there? I don't know. That's a question. Maybe the listeners can answer that question. If you can answer that question... Hit me up on the Bagland podcast on the gram. Now, one of the topics tonight we're going to talk about is Voltaire. Old Contraire Voltaire. So that's one of the things that we're going to talk about tonight. We have quite a bit, we have quite a bit of different things that we're going to discuss. Some very interesting things. So let's let's open up some of these articles here before we get into the main topic tonight. All right. Now, the black media had mentioned a man by the name of PewDiePie saying that he signs an exclusive live an exclusive live streaming deal with YouTube. He was one of YouTube's biggest independent makers, video makers with 104 million subscribers. 
but then he signed an exclusive deal with the rival platform DLive in 2019. Now, what it's not really telling you, well, here we go, no. They said he had controversial moments where Disney cut ties with him over allegations of anti-Semitism. And the decision came after several videos he had released were found to contain Nazi references of anti-Semitic Semitic imagery. So then he said he don't support those type of hateful attitudes, started explaining. Though this was not my intention, I understand that these jokes were ultimately offensive. Again, the white supremacists will joke. They will tell all types of jokes. They'll say that they did something. It'll be something that will be uh, very genocidal and then it'll turn out to be a joke. Oh, I was just joking. I understand these jokes were ultimately offensive. Then a second series of his show, uh, they YouTube Red dropped them, which is Google's subscription video platform. Then later that year, he used a racial slur during a live stream. He apologized for that. So he's splaining, splaining, splaining. But again, he signed a live streaming deal with YouTube. But they tried to throw Nick Cannon through the mud. You see what I'm saying? Did he have to go to any Holocaust museums? I'm asking a question. Did he have to go to any Holocaust museums? Did he have to go any truth re and reconciliation talks and all of that BS? Did he have to do any of that? Back to the race soldier. See, that's another race soldier there suspected race soldier here's another race soldier article deputy gang with matching tattoos rules compton patrol station lasd deputy alleges oh we gonna get into it tonight this has been going on in compton for a long time you have a lot of these anti-black race soldiers a lot of these anti-black hispanic race soldiers listen to this the la county sheriff's compton patrol station has been permeated by a violent deputy gang called the executioners according to a new legal claim there you go so they have teams of ambushed domestic terrorists on the watch it, what stands out in this complaint is that it was filed by an lasd deputy art gonzalez who worked at the compton station for five years the filing comes as Loyola's Law School Center for Juvenile Law and Policy releases a new report detailing what it calls a persistent pattern of deputy gangs violating the rights of citizens engaging in excessive force. Remember, when the black media mentioned that you had a lot of these race soldiers that were in Mississippi, when black folks was in South Central and moving to California and the Great Migrations, they went down there in the 60s and the 70s and they got all of these Klan members and they put them on the LAPD. Deputy Gonzalez claims that prospective members went in mission to the group when they are involved in a shooting and that they celebrate with inking parties. A recruit gets tattooed with the executioner logo, a laughing skeleton holding an AK-47. So you basically get to whack somebody, put a tattoo with a chopper, the AK-47, a laughing skeleton holding an AK-47 and wearing a Nazi-style helmet. These Hispanics down in South Central, that's confirmation they're clicked in with the white supremacists. They're one and the same. I didn't make this information up. This information is coming up coming from the root, root of the tutor, from the source. ABC, 
seven investigations. They're going to frankly kill and injure people that should never have been shot, but for them wanted to join a gang, and that's how you do it. You get into the gang by shooting people, says Gonzalez's attorney, Alan Romero. This is an this is a deputy that's saying this. He's not lying about this. He ain't making this up. Now, Sheriff Alex Villanova denies some of the allegations, of course, but states that he is the first sheriff to impose a policy forbidding such groups. See, whenever they start talking about, oh, let's impose a policy, that don't mean we're going to enforce it. Let's oppose a policy. Let's create a new policy for reparations in Carolina. But we don't want to give any cash payment to you Negroes. Let's get some form of policy. A policy isn't a law. And a law ain't a law unless it's enforced. Let's inform, let's in, in, enforce, a, let's impose a, a policy. So they can impose the policy and turn around and not enforce the policy. Loyola Law School professor and L.A. County Civilian Commission member Sean Kennedy says that deputy gangs have flourished in minority communities over the last five decades with successive sheriffs unwilling or unable to stop them. There you go. Here's another receipt. Well, we need more police. We need police reform. Reform a white supremacist. Uh, how do you reform somebody that's like this? Gang initiation banging in the set since the 18 oh i mean 1700s they've been banging the set since 1700s deputy ostroberto art gonzalez is a former u.s marine remember when i told y'all a lot of them ghost skins come from the military they got all these specialized training he was decorated for his service in Iraq, of course, and Afghanistan. They go over here and they start shooting other brown folk. He was awarded a meritorious conduct silver medal by the LASD for his actions helping to save the life of a four-year-old who's been shot in the head. All while he's probably doing initiations for the set too. Meritorious. Remember that word Dr. Claude Anderson told us? Meritorious manumission. We got a bunch of meritorious manu muppets, starting with the Congressional Coon Caucus. We'll get into that later. Gonzalez says the tipping point came when he was told of an alleged assault by an executioner on a fellow deputy behind the parking lot of the Compton Patrol Station in February last year. Gonzalez says he called a confidential tip line for the LASD internal affairs. To his shock, he says in the claim, the recorded call was almost immediately leaked to executioner deputies. So let me rewind that. I don't think Gonzalez was a race soldier. Hold on, let's keep going on. But everyone suspected until further notice. Hold on. So Gonzalez said he called the confidential tip line it was a confidential tip line to internal affairs. It's supposed to be squeaky clean. But then they leaked the call to the executioner team. So when he went and told them what was going on, then the executioners basically said, hey, look, we're going to stay on code. You, you're not going to report nothing without us knowing. 
within 48 hours a recording of his supposedly anonymous call was leaked to the gang at the station says attorney R Romero this is a gang banging from the set uh-oh listen to this graffiti was scrawled at the station entrance to the parking lot keypad that read art is a rat so let's go back up so okay art I guess was not a race soldier so art Gonzalez they called him a rat at the parking lot keypad so he was probably not agreeing with the system of racism white supremacy and that race soldier police force so they called him a rat see police can't stay on the force as Neely Fuller taught us police and race soldiers are two different things the police do not commit domestic terrorist, terrorist ambush lynchings. There's a difference. That's not a police. That's a race soldier. So they called him a rat because he broke the blue code of silence. Now, Compton deputies have been in the middle of a bunch of high profile incidents, including a shootout last year between occupants of an armored SUV owned by rapper YG400 and the shooting death this June of 18 year old Andres Garadado. Two deputies from the Compton station chased Gardardado in Gardena and deputy Miguel Vega shot the team five times in the back. An attorney for Vega has said that Gardardado reached for a gun and that Vega shot him in self-defense. Now evidence of the secret deputy pack first emerged in the wrongful death shooting case of Donta Taylor. Compton Deputy Samuel Aldama was forced to reveal his tattoo. Aldama said in a disposition that about 20 other deputies at the Compton station had the same tattoo. Skeletons, which is a symbol of death. There were flames coming out of Aldama's tattoos, which symbolizes he's emerging from hell. And there's an AK-47. All taxpayer money, people. LAPD, biggest gang in LA. Niggas ain't lying about that shit. Now here's another article from the Carrier Journal. Now this was published on the 17th in the year of our Lord 2020. Now it reports here that Breonna Taylor was briefly alive after police shot her. No one tried to treat her. I told y'all this is a domestic terror ambush lynching that occurred. And these race soldiers are still on the force. For all you niggas talking about we need more police we need more police let's reform let's just sit down and pray and hope and pray that the white supremacist will change his heart while he murders a bunch of other niggas and then me make changes hard to be sorry around 70 to 80 years old shout out to carol and bryant i digress louisville kentucky just after midnight march 13th three louisville police officers i mean race soldiers fired more than 20 bullets into brianna taylor's apartment striking her five times i heard it was seven but but she was alive at least briefly the louisville courier journal says for at least five minutes she was coughing as she struggled to breathe according to her boyfriend kenneth walker who told investigators she was alive as he called her mom and yelled for help Police are yelling like, come out, come out. And I'm on the phone with her mom. I'm still yelling help because she's over here coughing and I'm like just freaking out. So see, I didn't know anything about this. See, I didn't know much about that case at all. So I'm, I'm telling it as I'm learning here. So it sounds like the race soldiers were shooting. I mean, y'all need to watch Rosewood. I'm tired of niggas running around telling me they ain't watch Rosewood. Nigga, you watch Booty Call. Came out the same damn year. I digress. 
Y'all need to rock, watch Rosewood and see how those race soldiers shot up Don Cheeto. Don Cheeto played as one of the brothers in Rosewood that owned property. He had the piano. That's when Trailer Trash Bob was upset, talking about, well, I ain't never had no piano. That nigga got a piano. I ain't never had. He's like, Jazz, Jazz, that was Jasper saying, well, Bob, you don't even know how to play a piano. Yeah, but that nigga got a piano. I ain't never had one. That nigga got one, and he got a white woman, too. Anyway, during that scene, if you guys watch that movie, you'll see that they aired out the brother's house, shot his mama. You know what I'm saying? Kind of reminds me of that. I thought they were in the house. I thought they ransacked the house, came in the house. The brother popped a, popped a few of them. You know what I'm saying? So maybe that, let's, let's keep going here. But it says, he said, police come out. Police are yelling, come out, come out. And so that means he was holding his woman's, he was holding his woman as she died. You know what I'm saying? That's what that sounds like to me. The Jefferson County coroner disputes that account, telling the Courier Journal that Taylor likely died within a minute of being shot and couldn't have been saved. Do you think that we're going to believe the Jefferson County coroner? Y'all remember the Alpha Wright case? Y'all remember the Sandra Bland case? Y'all remember the case that I was talking about out there in Pennsylvania? Where the brother from Delaware was turning himself in on a warrant and they said that he banged his head on the jail cell. He turned himself in for a warrant. And the coroner's talking about this and that. You think we gonna believe these motherfuckers? You must be smoking crack and crack pipe and smoking crack and the crack pipe, nigga. You think we gonna believe that? We ain't gonna believe that. For more than 20 minutes after Taylor was fatally shot at approximately 12.43 a.m. by Louisville officers, the 26-year-old emergency room technician lay where she fell in her hallway, receiving no medical attention, according to dispatch logs. Dispatch logs. It says, Brianna, now this is a quote, Brianna, who was unarmed in her hallway, was struck by several rounds of gunfire. She was not ki uh, killed immediately. Attorney Sam Aguar and Lanita Baker wrote in a revised lawsuit filed on behalf of Taylor's family. Rather, she lived for another five to six minutes before ultimately succumbing to her injuries on the floor of her home. So that means that the, amb the ambulance could have arrived and they could have taken this sister to get some constructive help that could have saved her life. Outside, it said officer shouted for Walker to exit and rushed to treat Sergeant Jonathan Mattingly, putting a tourniquet on his thigh after Walker had shot his punk ass. Unfortunate that the bullet didn't go a little higher, but I'm just being suspicious. Now, maybe there wasn't a tourniquet on his leg. Maybe that was COVID-19. Maybe there was pre-existing conditions. Maybe the brother didn't shoot him. Maybe he just tripped and fell on a rock or a snail that was in the area. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't get shot in his leg. Maybe he poked himself with his keys in his car. Well, let's just wait until the facts come out, right? 
that's you what you that's what they usually say let's let's wait until the facts come out let's not let's not jump to conclusions it might be COVID-19 I don't think the brother shot him I think he poked himself with a pen I don't know it says Mattingly and two other plainclothes officers have used a battering ram to force their way in the Louisville apartment while executing a no-knock search warrant as part of a larger narcotics investigation. And Walker, that brother, thought intruders were breaking in. I would think of the same thing. But while officers focused on getting Mattingly to a hospital, no one went inside to try to help Taylor record show. Now, here's what the mayor, Greg Fisher, said. You have an LMPD officer shot. His fellow officers rush to save him, not knowing if they will be shot if they try to go inside and not knowing that anyone inside has been hit. It is just a horrible tragedy. That should never happen again. Well, Mr. Greg Fisher, if that's the case, then why don't you bring out charges for that, that Sambo-ass nigga, that district attorney? Why don't you put pressure on him and say, you need to charge these race soldiers? It was a murder. Cause I know if Kanisha or Jerome did the same thing and it was trailer trash, Bob and Sarah in the house executing a no knock warrant on a meth investigation. I bet you all them niggas would be in jail. Wouldn't be no Saturday night live. It wouldn't be no, uh, dried up macaroni and cheese and no half cooked chicken wouldn't be none of that niggas would be sitting up in jail eating bologna sandwiches with little to no bail i'm not gonna even go i'm not even gonna go into the end of the article you dig i'm not gonna go into the end of the article What else we got here? See, here's another one. We got some time before we get into one of the main events. Here's another one. Now, I was telling somebody, somebody was on Facebook and they was commenting and they made a couple statements onto one of the articles that I posted in the reports. And this goes back into niggas saying, well, we just need more police. We need police in general. If that's the case, we need more police. They said, well, we got nothing but race soldiers and people don't want to say that they don't want to even use that term. Niggas want to keep using the, the word police. We don't have any more police. And if we do, they don't survive on the force if they don't be race soldiers. Well, DP, you just being projective. We both have this. We both. That's the fried chicken Negro spiritual people. The Popeyes, they can't wait till Popeyes opens up so they can dance on the table and have a shootout in the parking lot. But that's those niggas. Listen to what Yahoo News says. Police killings marked with backyard barbecues, secretive rituals, ex-captain alleges. Hmm. 
In Vallejo, California, a former police captain is alleging a secretive ritual that has triggered an independent investigation into the city's embattled police force. He says some officers involved in fatal shootings since 2000 bent the tips of their star-shaped baggage to march each time they killed someone in the line of duty. He's not lying about this, people. The Popeye's Chicken Negro spiritual people want more police. Oh man, we gotta add more police. We gotta add police reform. Let's pray and let's go up to the poke shop preacher and do some more praying so we can change the hearts of the ambush lynchings. They ain't about to change the hearts for you niggas. What makes you think that? This dude's telling you that they have ambush lynchings and they have rituals for them. Vallejo, that's one of the places they've killed a whole bunch of people. They've killed a whole bunch of people, man, out in Vallejo. Small city, too. Let's, let, let's get back to that. Oh, man. You know what? We gonna play this for the for the symbols of the meritorious man you Muppets out here. Hold on. Now, I want to talk about Voltaire real quick, okay? You hear a lot of these booty kiss, booty bootlicks. Says avoid the problem, avoid the issue. That's part of their coon plan. These niggas never stood against their boss. And as Voltaire said, he who cannot speak against is your master. And that's the power dynamic, you see? See, we as black folks, we have too many fortresses, fireballs, and blocks to deny, prevent, or bring barriers against our common interests. And you have the Cooper class or the Sambo class, specifically the mainstream black dead media, the dead black media, to try to use deflection talking points as niggas that got their ass whipped to thank police for it. That's the same message sent... That's the same message sent to the folks that say, don't do anything, receive hell, and have your heaven later, if at all. So when the youth are saying, no, we're going to burn this bitch down and we don't need no water, no fire extinguishers or nothing. Don't bring no asbestos. There was another report that came out earlier. Somebody said, hey, well, look, man. Saxophone 94 crime bill. Clinton made a statement disrespecting our rider, Stokely Carmichael. A rider. That nigga didn't thank police for whooping his ass. He wasn't John Lewis. No. No, not at all.
Play that for the sign bowls. Meritorious man, you Muppets. Let's get back to this Yahoo News ritual article. Now, according to the unaffiliated news outlet, officers involved in fatal shootings mark those incidents with backyard barbecues and were initiated into a secretive clique that included curving one of the tips of their seven point sterling silver bags. The outlet said it spoke with more than 20 current and former government officials in reviewed records and hundreds of photographs taken before and after fatal shootings. Two officers named in the report denied having been badges with one telling open Vallejo it was a lie. Of course they would. Vallejo, a Bay Area community of 120,000 people, shout out to 40 Water, rest in peace Mac Dre from the Bay, shout out to Mac Mall, I digress, has been in the spotlight for its high number of police shootings in recent years, 18 since 2010, compared with other California cities. Now this is only reported. We don't know about the kidnappings and these unmarked vehicles to people, these ambushes. We don't know about the, those. But last month, State Attorney General Xavier Becerra announced the Department of Justice will overtake an expansive review. Now, they said expansive review, just like up here in Minneapolis. They start talking about, oh, investigation, potential, alleged review. They didn't say punish. They said review of the Vallejo Police Department after lawsuits claiming excessive force and residents demand for an outside investigation into officers' actions. Now, Police Chief Shawnee Williams, who became the first black to head the department in November after retirement of the previous chief, Andrew Bido, said Friday that he is calling for an outside investigation to begin early as next week. It takes several months. Nigga, you know who's race soldiers on your force. You could be minding the store. But anyway, he said the formal investigation follows his, his, his initial inquiry into the allegations. He said, we received statements from two different sources within the Vallejo Police Department that badge bending has occurred. Badge bending? Who would bend a badge? You dig? I've never heard of that before, but this sounds like something. That's why y'all gotta watch The Watchmen on HBO. Regina King, excellent foundational black American actress. Y'all gotta watch that to get some game on the ghost skins, cause I don't think I'm giving y'all enough game. I think the game is going over y'all's head. Now he said, as a result of these very troubling and disturbing allegations, I've asked for an independent outside investigation to be completed by a third party. So in so many words, let's give me some more time so I can mind the store. Let me just fall and bullshit and splain to make sure that these race soldiers aren't getting uh, you know, getting penalized here. He did not immediately say who would conduct investigation. Now, why wouldn't that be? See, this shit ought to be public. We ought to know who's the kid. There should be names. It should be milestones. It should be like an information technology project. It should be a project manager on this. Who is con uh, conducting the investigation and what will be the punishment when the investigation has summarized. According to Open Vallejo, 
of the 51 current and former Vallejo officers who had been involved in fatal shootings since 2000, at least 14 had their badges bent by a colleague afterward as part of an, an exclusive custom that even some officers involved in the fatal shooting were never told existed. Hmm. Well, that makes me ask more questions. That makes me ask questions such as, how many were involved? Now it says that at least 14 of the 51 current. So does that mean these 14 where they done already vetted and said, all right, you down for the set. We've been banging since the 1700s and you're down to kill you a nigga. That's a question. It says that it was an exclusive custom. Exclusive to who? Who is the person? Who are the personnel that is considered to be exclusive? Now it says after he was fired, Whitney filed an amended retaliation claim against the city in March, but did not mention the badge bending tradition. Whitney commented through his attorney, Allison Barry Wilkinson, who said she plans to file a wrongful termination lawsuit next week that will include what he knew, among other allegations, and described him as a whistleblower. Quote, we are grateful that Chief Williams has condemned this deeply disturbing practice, but we are skeptical because evidence could have been destroyed since then, and that gives the, in, the involved officers the chance to deny the practice with impunity. There you go. Well, this is going to take months, and I don't know how long it's going to take and all that. No, 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 nigga. You're explaining. You know what's going on. See, that's what I'm saying. You have some police force... John Lewis's, yeah, I said it. You have niggas that been on the force for forever, been in politics for forever, and been knowing these things been going on. That's why I'm saying I don't respect these old plantation niggas because you know that black folks is going through ambush lynchings like this and you don't say anything about it when you're in Congress. Ain't no icon, ain't no black icons, no Negro icons that's in Congress right now. Niggas is minding the store. I said what I said. A bunch of yellow bellies running around here, straight out of the Crayola crayon carton, nigga. You got a whole bunch of paid yellow bellies, dead and alive, that have undersold and undermined our folks. And you got this type of shit going on where you have race soldiers doing ambush lynching attacks for gang initiations and rituals. You have that going on and you got niggas that's mining the store acting like they doing something for black folks and they ain't doing a damn thing. I have a problem with that. Why hasn't an investigation by these so-called old civil rights niggas, they got their ass whooped in Selma and thank the police for it. Why didn't niggas like that bring shit like this up? Y'all niggas know about it. You can't tell me you don't know about it. If a nigga from Minneapolis sitting on a goddamn microphone is finding this out in the news, you knew about shit like this. You hear things, you're a politician. You work with all levels of government. You know about these kind of things. That's how we could have our true icons like Stokely Carmichael be disrespected. Talking about, well, saxophone bill, you know, I just got some hair from Monica Lewinsky, but uh, 
we we went a little too close to Carmichael with not enough John truck good trouble. We didn't get he did he wasn't in enough trouble. None of this trouble. Big trouble. Wilkinson says her client was trying to speak out against the negative culture within the department, including about the badges, and was forced out as a result. So he was probably a police officer. He might have not been a race soldier. He might have not been like, oh, well, or he could have been a race soldier that gets broke bad like shit. But nine times out of ten, he was probably not a race soldier. Not sure. Police captains have at-will employment with the department, she said, but she's preparing a lawsuit because Whitney believes he was not given due process and his whistleblowing activities played a role in his forced departure. Due process, the Fifth Amendment, awarded due process of the law. See, a lot of black folks, we are not being regarded as being able to use due process. Now, the city did not respond to Whitney's retaliation claim, which said he expressed his, quote, professional opinions on a variety of misconduct issues with the police department. Whitney said that his dismissal was related to an investigation about leaked info, and he was accused of improperly handling the information. So they'll use the I'm right and I say so on them. They'll say, hey, look, you did this. And you'll be like, I didn't do that. They'll be like, well, we said you did it, so you did it. Because I said so. Wilkinson said he was cleared in the leaking case, but Whitney was still fired and was told it was relating to was relating to the erasing of personal data, including family photos from his work phone. That's a definite I'm white not say so move. You're erasing personal data of family photos on your damn work phone. That's a reason to get fired and you're a fucking police chief. Come on, y'all. When Whitney left the department, Vallejo Mayor Bob Sampion wrote a recommendation letter that was also attached to Whitney's claim. Quote, frankly, I believe that because John spoke out about a negative culture on the Vallejo Police Department, his reputation was soiled by those that did not want any dirty laundry aired. That's what the mayor of Vallejo said. A city spokesman on Thursday said Sampion was unavailable for comment about what Whitney described in his retaliation claim to the badge bending tradition. Efforts to reach Bido, the police, the retired police chief, by phone Thursday and Friday was not immediately successful. Immediately, immediately successful, and an email to the Vallejo Police Officers Association was not immediately returned Friday. Well, do you know they ain't gonna return that damn call? Now, his current employer, Pacific Gas and Electric, declined to make Bido available, but said in a statement that the company is quote aware of these serious allegations, which do not reflect our company values nor the expectations are of our employees. So they always hit you with that company value garbage. Now listen to this. Wilkinson said Whitney learned about the bending of badges in April 2019, two months after the fatal shooting of the rapper Willie McCoy, age 20. McCoy was asleep in his car at a fast food restaurant drive-thru and restaurant workers said they could not wake him. Police said they discovered his car was locked and in drive and saw a handgun on his lap. 
While McCoy was unresponsive, the officers on scene devised a plan to block off his car inside the drive-thru to prevent any erratic movement if he woke up. Eventually, they did see McCoy moving, according to the body cam video of the incident. As McCoy woke up, six of the officers opened fire with 55 rounds, saying they feared he was grabbing for his weapon. I remember that case. They executed that brother. I guarantee, if I had to bet my bottom dollar, if not six, at least five of those suspected or confirmed race soldiers were part of the badge bending executioner crew. Let's call it, let's make up a new term here on the Bagland podcast. The badge bending executioner crew. That's going to be the new phrase that we use for race soldiers that are on the force that actually make ambush terror lynchings a ritualistic priority and initiation. The badge bending executioner crew. So not only do we have ghost skins, but I just coined a new phrase on y'all out here. The badge benders. Domestic terrorist ambush lynching race soldiers that partake in, cover up, or participate in domestic terror ambush lynchings by way of gang, 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 and ritualistic initiation murders. There we go. I can set y'all definition. You ain't gonna catch your plantation trouble, niggas, saying that. Sure won't. You ain't gonna hear that. Now, you got old jumping Jim Crow 94 crime bill Joe. Had a little whack ass interview with Obama. Everybody's going back and forth on whether they're going to pick a black VP. Could be crime Kamala. Probably going to be a white woman. It really don't matter. Talking about Donald J. with the toupees, the first racist president. I really should pull out some receipts on that. The 94 crime bill was probably the most anti-black initiative. in the century you understand and he's having trouble 94 crime bill joe jim crow joe is having trouble getting the young black male vote and then rigor mortis rollers say young black men young black men are the problem yes we are we giving you fat ass Ass, we giving you fat ass kissing bastards a big problem. We ain't gonna conform. Get used to it. See the old guards and the civil rights generation, the civil rights biscuit trouble niggas who sat at home petrified and scared ain't used to the young former slaves demanding their tangibles. And we ain't getting our ass whipped and thanking the police. Even though some of you want to hug them and get a forgiveness award. Well, DP, you 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 ain't stood to get your manager at work. Yes, I did, and I got fired for it. 
and I decided to fire them as well. Well, how, how you gonna fire your boss? Well, it's called you tell them you give them they two week, if that. See, Voltaire spoke against the church, much like Martin Luther, because he saw the common poke shop preacher sucking the souls of their grateful lost and sheepish flock of followers. And he saw the trick bag and he said the deceit stops here. He was an outspoken advocate of civil liberties and was at constant risk from the strict censorship laws of the Catholic French monarchy. You won't censor me, I have a code, and I challenge the status quo. That's what Voltaire was basically saying. They locked him up for it. Au contraire, Voltaire. He said, you're not about to charge me so I could die in this six foot funky ass box and I could go to the heavens. You're not about to get that on my dime. I'm going to have me a personal relationship with my Lord. I'm not paying the Pope shop preacher and the, and, and the, the, uh, the gates of heaven clergy, I call them. Well, you, you know, you just, if you pay your tithes, you'll go to heaven. I, I'm not paying you. And they said, all right, he's upsetting the order. He's upsetting the order. We, we got to lock him up. You know, another thing I thought about too, in regards to work, I was talking to a couple homies of mine and they were talking about how like a lot of new information technology positions, they want you to be on site. And I'm like, well, unless it's like a heavy physical role, there's really no need for anyone in Infotech to work on site unless maybe they're on a server team, they're in the knock. And I'm starting to think this is about a lot of micromanagement. See, the dominant society cannot control and mistreat you if you're not on site as easily. If you're working remote, they're not really going to be able to talk as greasy as they want. I know because I've been in it. And have you ever noticed that if a black person does something a long time ago, time ago, just in general, they get an excavation service to sprinkle on his game and dig up old bones and carcasses. You ever notice that? There was another case. I'm not going to talk about it much, but it was a white man that got shot down in Texas and he had a black woman. And so there was this, uh, I don't remember his name, but there was this thing going on there saying like, well, you know, justice for him and all of that. I haven't heard a whole lot about it, but you know what? A lot of these race soldiers, if they do know you are a white person and you have a black woman and you saying, well, you know, black lives matter and all that. And if you're saying, you know, justice for black folk, they might treat you. They might give you the negative treatment. They going to test your white privilege. They just might. See the white supremacists are very clever. If they have to take out white people in the cause of upholding white supremacy, they will do it. Now, some would give the excuse of the yo, 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 Bob. I was going to wait for that, 
But let's talk about it a little bit. Here's a yo, 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 Bob. J.W. Lucas, old ho ass. The black media was interviewing him, and I've seen a couple other things. Brother Rizzo Islam had mentioned some things where basically this dude, you, J.W. Lucas was, was using a whole bunch of hardcore, softcore white supremacist talking points. Here you got a yo, 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 Bob. You got a white dude that when he comes to black folks, when he's making beats in the studio, yo, 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 brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, yo, yo. I think I should be able to say the N-word because y'all is. And we got to get back to slapping these motherfuckers that's doing stuff like that. We done got far from that, but I've been seeing, I've been seeing Ogun coming through a lot. I've been seeing Ogun coming through, so I'm not going to say it ain't occurring. Ogun has been resurrected. Shout out to our Haitian spirits. Ogun's been coming through. I've been seeing it. Now, this asshole got to talking about I have the right to speak on black issues more than anybody else. I could, I know what you Negroes need in so many words. Then he turned around and tried to say something like, well, hip-hop is negative, but this cracker's making a check out of it. Let's be very clear. You got a lot of those yo-yo-yo bobs doing shit like that. Well, I make money off of hip-hop, but hip-hop, I make beats and I produce. I'm a part of the culture. And it's, it's a real, real heavy quasi-Columbus, colonial, anti-black, white supremacist, you know, uh, rhetoric there. It's heavy white supremacist rhetoric because he's saying, well, hey, it's taking both sides of the argument, like Neely Fuller said. Oh, I make beats for hip hop. I make beats which so-called demean black people, but I think black folks need to stop demeaning each other. But you know, I'm part of it. So I make beats so they can say whatever I want, but I'm speaking against it. So I'm collecting a check from you Negroes. I know it's very, very detrimental, but I'm making money off of it. And by the way, I can speak on you Negroes. I know that I know that what you need better than yourself. That sounds like a slave master talking about reparations for for our folks should only be $25,000 the problem is niggas is off cold allowing him in oh brother we're all the same and you know this that and the third and you know so he's basically trying to say you know I don't have any white privilege there's in so many words he doesn't want to even admit that white supremacy exists that's another strike so now dude you got five to ten strikes and you say you're in hip-hop brother should have smacked the shit out of his ass and got him out the game that's the problem i don't know if it was sexual interracial access i don't know what it was about nick i don't know what it was with our folks that allowed these people to come in we should have told them hey oh we got eminem that's it nope if that that's it we not about to let you motherfuckers in because you start coming in and talking about that Telling us we only need $25,000 for reparations. Telling us that everybody has a fair playing field. Let me talk about that a little bit because when you think about hip-hop, hip-hop comes from the gutter. Hip-hop comes from the public enemy. It comes from, hey man, where the hell's our reparations? Where's our justice? So when you kind of look at that dynamic, y'all, look at it from this standpoint. Say, hey, wait a minute. 
hip hop came from the struggle. Oh, okay. Hip hop came in the seventies and eighties, right? It's not it's not a it's not a one hundred plus year genre of music. It's a fairly new music, right? Okay, that statement is true or false. So now let's go to the next question and statement. If it's a new genre and it comes from after the civil rights wanted colder, the civil rights niggas wanted colder ice and white women, when it came after that, when all of our real riders fell, when niggas could have got reparations in the 60s and the 70s, but they wanted colder ice and good trouble. Okay, here comes in hip hop. Here comes in crack. Here comes in all of that. Okay, so now we're direct, that's directly from the past. That's directly from the last 70 plus years. That's after Jim Crow. That's after the 60s, 70s. That's after Good Trouble. You see what I'm saying? So we have to look at that and say, wait a minute. This comes from the struggle. So you're, you say you're in the struggle, but you really don't support the struggle. You say it's an equal playing field. You saying white supremacy doesn't exist. You saying niggas only deserve $25,000 of reparations. You ain't really in the struggle, but you're doing our music. Again, these yo-yo-yo bobs, they should have looked at their ass, seen their little fake black scent, slapped the fuck out of them, kicked them down a five flight of stairs, and been on and sent them on their way. You ain't getting in our culture. We'll whoop your ass. These yo-yo-yo bobs is out of control. And it's our fault that we let them get out of control. It's our fault that we allowed them to get a platform for them to be able to tell us we only get $25,000 of reparations. And oh, well, you know, you see, that's the I'm white. See, that's the yo, 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 Bob. I'm white and I say so. I'm white and I say so, yo, 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 Bob. Yo, 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 I got a black girlfriend, but when you go home to your pops and you go home to your dad, it's, well, yeah, dad, because your dad's not going to allow that nigger talk. Your dad ain't going to allow that nigger talk in front of him. You're going to have to straighten up and talk like a regular so-called decent white man, an upstanding white man, because he don't want to hear that nigger talk. You leave that Jerome and Kenesha talk outside. That's how your daddy going to talk to you. But you come over here, you want to come over to, well, you know, I only been over here five minutes, so, you know, yo, 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 yo. And they usually get some old goofy bed wench. Usually. That's the usual take. A hair hat bed wench. He usually, he usually picks... It's very predatory. He usually will pick a black woman that would never date a black man. But he figures like this. Hey, look, I'm black enough. I'm black. I'll be black for her. See, he's looking at it from that standpoint. I could be black. I know what black people need. I, I'm more qualified to speak on what black people need. And I got a black woman. And she'll co-sign that shit. Like a plantation bed wench. She'll co-sign it. She'll co-sign a little yo-yo-yo bob. You got a lot of ones like that. A whole lot. You got a lot of you got a lot of yo 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 bobs and and yo 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 bob bed winches. You know. Breonna Taylor, he said something slick about Breonna Taylor. Nigga should have loosened some of his teeth from pre from pre-existing conditions. 
give them a little COVID-19 five-finger discount just for opening your mouth about it. That sister was stolen. I'm not sure if she had children, but she was ambushed and lynched. They made sure that she could not have children. That's what happened. You made sure that she could not have children. That's a crime against humanity. What occurred was inhumane. You let these yo-yo-yo bobs come in making comments about Miss Taylor. Somebody should have put that bitch in a trunk. You're out the game. Ain't no more hip-hop for you. You better go cold, full white supremacist. You better go over there with goddamn Kid Rock or some shit, nigga. See, you know what cold is? Bees and ants. Guns and butter, nigga. See, ants don't argue about who does what. They got more cold than human beings. Everyone is doing their job and no ant is bigger than the program. Go ask a fire ant. Go to a fire ant lair or should I say a hill and see what occurs. Can you dig it? Go lay on a fire ant nest and see what happens. A fire ant hill and see what happens to your ass. See how quick they get on cold on your ass. They ain't sitting around talking about, well, you know, we just want to get in good trouble. Ain't no good trouble. They gonna eat your ass up. You gonna be walking around like a human cactus pinata in that bitch. Going to your doctor talking about, man, a fire ant done got creeped in. Yeah. You understand me? See, Voltaire had a criticism of Christianity, especially the Roman Catholic Church, as well as his advocacy of freedom of speech, freedom of religion, and separation of the church and the state. He wrote thousands of letters and books and pamphlets. You know what I'm saying? Now, does he have some anti-black racism? According to William Cohen, like most other polygenists, Voltaire believed that because of their different origins, black folks did not entirely share the natural humanity of whites. Now listen to this. His most famous remark on slavery is found in Candide, where the hero is horrified to learn at what price we eat sugar in Europe after coming across a slave in French Guinea who had been mutilated for escaping, who opens that if all human beings have common origins as the Bible taught, it makes them cousins, concluding that no one can treat their relatives more horribly. Elsewhere, he wrote caustically about whites and Christians who proceed to purchase Negroes cheaply in order to sell them dear in America. Now Voltaire, they said, had been accused of supporting the slave trade as per a letter attributed to him, although it has been suggested that this letter is a forgery since no satisfying source attests to the letter's existence. So, Y'all ought to look up Voltaire and see what he has to say.
was he a white supremacist or was he not a white supremacist? One thing I know, if you cannot speak against your boss, that is the person that controls you. Shout out to J.K. Rowling. Now she revealed here on the Guardian that she is a survival of the survivor of domestic abuse and sexual assault. So, although her books have been selling off the hot cake, selling the selling off the off the truck. Now hold on. She was the one that wrote the Harry Potter books. Now listen to this. She had criticism over trans issues. Now notice this. When a white woman speaks against these, the LGBT 5000, they don't really fuck with her too much. But basically, she wrote a 3600 word statement published on her website and she described in more detail than ever how she became involved in an increasingly bitter and polarized debate on the concept of gender identity this whole gender identity shit is a waste of time but basically she said if sex isn't real the lived reality of women globally is reaced. I know and love trans people, but erasing the concept of sex removes the ability of many to meaningfully discuss their lives. So I have a question. If women say, you know what? I'm sick of folks running around trying to pretend they are me. Then what? That's a question. She said in her essay, Rolling writes of her own struggles with sexism and misogyny and her adolescent sense of being mentally sexless, adding that reading accounts of gender dysphoria by transmitted made her wonder if I'd been born 30 years later, I too might have tried to transition. The allure of escaping womanhood would have been huge. I struggled with severe OCD as a teenager. If I found community and sympathy on, online that I couldn't find in my immediate environment, I believe I would have been persuaded to turn myself into the son my father had openly said he would have preferred, she wrote. So basically she's saying, well, you know, I've always wanted a son, but if I had the internet, I might have turned around from being Bob to Sarah. As ridiculous as that sounds, she said that initially been moved to share her thoughts after reading about proposed gender confirmation certificates in Scotland, which will allow trans people to change sex on their birth certificates based on how they identify and not medical and psychiatric reports. Again, and people get upset all the time, but it's basic logic. Hmm. I'm a black man. Okay. I'm a black man. 
but I feel like I should get reparations for 450 years of slavery, quasi Jim Crow and intent and continuous industrial plantation complex. I feel like that. Reparation sexual? Is that the term? Since we're adding all these new genders, is there something called a reparation sexual? That's a straight black man or woman that is a foundational black American that has ancestors that slaved away for free in the killing fields of the American South. That is old. 160 plus acres due to the Dawes Act, due to the 1866 Indian Treaties, due to the 1863 Indian Treaties, due to the Special Order Number 15. I feel like I'm owed reparations. So my identity based on how I feel, that means you should honor that and cut the check, right? That's my gender, right? I'm asking a basic question. If I feel like, Hey, I'm a descendant of the slaves and, uh, this country owes me a whole bunch of goddamn money. Should I get my money? Should I get my Supreme court protected class like the LGBT and the illegal aliens? Should I get that? I'm wondering, should I get that? I feel like I shouldn't be ambushed and lynched while I'm asleep when I have no clothes on in Kentucky. I feel like I shouldn't be annihilated when I get pulled over in my car. You see what I'm saying? So it's really about control. It ain't about acceptance. That's what's really going on. I got some updates on the set tripping murder hornets. Y'all remember when I did that article on the set tripping or that report on the set tripping murder hornets. Now it looks like here that Olympia Y'all should look at Olympia, Washington. Uh, uh, they trapped their first Asian giant hornet. Now this report was released by the Washington state department of agriculture in the year of our Lord, July 31st, 2020. Now the hornet was found in a WSDA trap set near Birch Bay in Watham County. WSDA trappers checked the bottle trap on July 14th and submitted the contents for processing at WSDA's entomology lab. Now the Hornet was identified during processing on July 29th. This was the first Hornet to be detected in a trap. So the megalomaniacal, the megalomaniacal masochistic mainstream media was lying again. Oh, it's going to be a big invasion. It's going to be an alien Japanese invasion of the mur set trip murder Hornets. Uh, no, I've already debunked that lie. I've already debunked that lie. Not true. Lies, lies, lies. Pants on fire about to burn up like a nuclear furnace in Chernobyl. 
Lies, lies, lies. This was the first hornet to be detected in a trap rather than, than found in the environment as the state's five previous confirmed sightings were. Quote, this is encouraging because it means we know that the traps work. Seven Spigner, managing entomologist for the department said, but it also means we have work to do. Now, WSDA's next step are to search for nests using infrared cameras and place additional traps in order to catch live aging giant hornet specimens. WSDA pest program staff will deploy special traps intended to trap hornets but keep them alive. If they catch live hornets, the department will attempt to tag and track them back to their colony. Once located, the agency will eradicate the colony. WSDA hopes to find and destroy the nest by mid-September before the colony would begin creating new reproducing queens and drones. Until that time, the colony will only contain the queen and worker aging giant hornets. Destroying the nest before new queens emerge and mate will prevent the spread of its invasive pest. In addition to the traps that the WSDA has set to catch Asian giant hornets, citizen scientists and other cooperators have placed over 1,300 traps. Traps. Now, those interested in trapping can still build and set traps on their own property. Traps require weekly bait replacement and a commitment to mail the trap contents to WSDA if bees or wasps are collected. If a citizen scientist traps a live Asian giant hornet, they should call the WSDA pest program hotline at 1-800-443-6684. So a citizen scientist, so that's somebody that basically says, hey, you know, I'm just a citizen. I ain't went and got my damn PhD or none of that. I'm just doing it. Very, very interesting. We gotta be careful about the giant Asian hornets because we don't want no fad. We don't want no Popeye spiritual people. You know, we don't, we don't want the COVID to drop. And then all of a sudden when the COVID drops, you get some rap nigga talking about, yeah, nigga, I got me an Asian hornet. Uh, uh, uh. We don't want that to happen. And then niggas be running around here looking for Asian hornets so they can make what to get an Asian hornet chain or some bullshit. <laughs> you might get a, you might get a, a city girl's Asian hornet dance or some bullshit. Hot hornet summer. We don't want that. Instagram models getting stung in their ass and shit. Getting fake asses and getting stung in their ass for it. We don't want that. Here's another article here. Now listen to this. This is very interesting. Now this is from the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Now it talked about Percy Julian. This brother was a leading innovator in synthetic chemistry. Now he invented fire retardant aerofoams, treatments for glaucoma and rheumatoid arthritis. He was granted 130 patents during his lifetime and was inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame. Um, he was one of the first of many intellectual and scientific accolades. And they say he broke down barriers for future scientists from underrepresented groups. Now that's that stealth word. They don't want to say black, so they say underrepresented groups. 
Now it says it all began with a simple little bean, Percy Julian wrote of the Calabar bean. It was a beautiful purple bean when I first got it, but it is not only beautiful in its appearance, but also in the laboratory it has within it. Now they say he was hungry for the deepest secrets of plant chemistry. His curiosity led him to pioneer the creation of drugs and other chemicals from substances previously found in plants. As a sideline, when we start talking about reparations, there was all types of black folks that designed stuff where the white supremacists said, you know, they got to own the patents for this. So if you was a slave on the plantation and you created something, you didn't receive that patent. Trailer Trash or Grassroots Bob did receive that. White supremacist, covert, ultra supremacist Bob received that patent. You dig? This brother had 130 chemical patents. Shout out to our foundational black American, Percy LaVon Julian. You dig? Now it says, Forgotten Genius, a newly NEH funded film about Julian's life aired in the year of our Lord, February 6, 2007 on PBS. While some in the scientific community knew of Julian's achievement, his story was largely lost to the general public. I didn't know a whole lot about him, but that's why I'm bringing some of these, these folks to light. Remember I did the report with the sister that did the orchestra. Florence B. Price. Rest in heaven, Florence B. Price. You dig? It says that when they did the film, there was no biography. So Lyons, Stephen Lyons, one of the film's producers, said he pieced together the personal dimension of Julian's story through clippings and a memoir of one of Julian's colleagues. So let's see if we can't find that forgotten genius. I'm about to look that up. We need to, we need to look those up. We got to pay homage to our foundational black American um, inventors and engineers. We got to pay more homage to them. You got folks running around here that ain't been in the country five minutes disrespecting our foundational black American ancestors. And these are the niggas that, that made it so you could get to this country. Brothers like this, they made it to where people that ain't from here receive the fruits of our labor. So when you come here on this American soil, you need to respect it. See, another thing as a sideline, we done got to it where you got a bunch of niggas that say, well, we all got to get together, Sambos and everybody. No, we don't. We don't got to get together with the Sambos and the turncoats and the covert plantation meritorious man you muppet ass niggas we don't have to deal with them we don't have to deal with the niggas we should have left on the we should have never took off the plantation when we left the plantation the coons we don't have to deal with them now this brother here he was born in 1899 his parents were teachers his father worked as a railroad mail clerk. They created a family library for the children to use. Now, Alabama's educational system was segregated and the public school for black folks ended after eighth grade. 
that's another thing for reparations. We weren't receiving the correct education, but Julian continued his education at a two-year teaching training school for black students before entering DePaul University in Greencastle, Indiana in 1916. So that further serves as a foundation for the fact that black folks cut their illiteracy in half after slavery. Niggas coming out of the eighth grade still doing it big. Now getting into the university was just a start. Although DePaul had been educating black students since, since the Civil War, they were still segregated from many parts of university life. Unlike his white classmates, Julian received no dorm assignment. Instead, he was given a room away from campus with few furnishings and a slop jar for a toilet. Now his landlady told him she didn't have to provide him with meals. Eventually, Julian found a place on campus. In exchange for a room, he waited tables and fired up the furnace in a fraternity house. Now, he attracted a notice of chemi uh, chemistry professor William Blanchard, whose enthusiasm allowed Julian to envision for himself a future in research, although one only one black person had ever earned a doctoral degree in chemistry. So Julian, he graduated from DePaul in 1920 at the top of his class. Like I said, black folks had to be better than everybody else. And still, I digress. When he applied to Harvard's University PhD program, the lead chemist there said there was no point. Nobody would hire a black researcher. Why don't you find him a teaching job in a Negro college in the South, they suggested to him. He doesn't need a PhD for that. Going back to Malcolm, you're a Negro. Why don't you be a carpenter? Plenty of people will hire you for that, Malcolm. No reason for you to be a lawyer, Malcolm. Be a carpenter. If you don't know what I'm talking about, we ain't even speaking the same damn language. Get the fuck off my podcast. <laughs> but he took the advice and went to teach at Fisk University in Nashville. He eventually got to Harvard and received his master's degree there, only to be thwarted again when he aimed for a doctorate that would allow him to pursue research. He taught chemistry at several universities before getting a Rockefeller Foundation support to pursue his doctorate at the University of Vienna in 1929 in Vienna. In Vienna, he studied alkaloids, plant chemicals that contain nitrogen. You dig? He specialized in synthetic chemistry, the creation of natural and new substances from the most basic chemicals. You did? He returned to the United States in 1931 with his doctorate. Now let's take this back. It's almost like when you look at what happened with Ida B. Wells, she had to deal with Sambo ass plantation niggas and white supremacists. She went overseas to get shown a little bit of love. You dig? He had to go to Vienna to get his doctorate because these trader trash bobs wouldn't allow him to get it. He got married to Anna Johnson, who was a professor of sociology in Baltimore. You dig? I'm going to let y'all go ahead and finish that up. Go to. I'm going to let y'all do your own damn research. I'm just here to give y'all a little bit of game. 
Go to the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Go to that website. Type in Percy Julian. Foundational Black American. Rest in heaven, brother. You did an excellent job. Also, just a quick little update. We talk about politics, tech, and tangibles. From a technical standpoint, I want to talk about two different things before we close out tonight. They're looking for a principal animator at, at jump ship. Now for those that are in the, I'll say the, now I'm not going to say the 3d, but the 2d platformer games play dead. You y'all know how I feel about play dead. Uh, Chris Olsen and Dino Patty. They did that split with play dead. Dino Patty kind of went on. But, uh, or not Chris Olsen, but, um, I forgot the other guy that, that was, it was, it was Dino Patty and it was another guy, um, another, uh, guy from Europe, these two European guys that put together Play Dead. And of course y'all already know if you know anything about Play Dead, I ain't even going to get into it. But if you know anything about Play Dead, you know what they brought to the table. But Dino Patty left, did his own thing to do the creative differences and, he met Chris Olsen, who was an animator at, uh, I think he did animation for Marvel and they created the Somerville game. Chris Olsen has already been working on it since he was doing his animation and stuff. The point is, is they're looking for a principal animator out of the UK. I believe that is, and they want people to be able to make character animations. So your responsibilities are basically con contributing to the concept, to the concepts of character building behaviors, define the look and feel of animations, take an active part in overseeing the animations, blah, 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 competitive salary, competitive salary, work alongside a small, friendly and flexible team opportunity to participate in an innovative new game. Now it's located in the heart of Guildford, but open to remote applicants. Go to www.jumpship.com. You know, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that game looks because I've been kind of out of my gaming and, you know, for a while, but I kind of want to get back into a little bit more tech uh, when it comes to the podcast. I want to get not just politics, but I want to get more into the tech. So I'm going to start doing that, incorporating that. Now, one other thing I wanted to talk about was the upstart there were some guys that used to be, um, I think co-founders of Google, I believe, but upstart is for, they provide, they use artificial intelligence. They look at, you know, your job. They look at how much you work. You know, if you try to get a bank now, a personal loan, if you try to get a bank, uh, a personal loan from a bank, you will find now that it's going to be a situation where they're like a, hey, I don't know about that, but if you get a business loan, that's why we should have been got our LLCs over five years ago. I got mine, but if you look at the personal loans, if you go to a lot of these banks, they're not giving them to people because they're like, well, if you ain't got a business, we really don't want to kick off you no bread. However, with Upstart, Upstart is taking a little bit more risk. Now they may not give you everything that you want, but you should be able to come out of, you know, a couple bands to get your business kicking and get your inventory cracking. So y'all might want to check out upstart. 
you know, upstart might help you get to where you need to be upstart.com. Y'all need to check that out. Fair and fast online loans from a, from a rack to 50 bandicas, you know, and I must say now the APR might be a little higher, but like I say, this is to get you rolling, to get your business cracking so you could pay it back and you could just keep on moving. That's what you want to do. As I said before, go and check out those black owned businesses, especially go and check out dirkswipes.com, www.derxwipes.com. It's an excellent disinfected um, company coming out of the state of Minnesota. You know, um, they do good work. They got all different types of flavors and scents. Um, and, you know, you're getting a lot of these, a lot of these states right now that, you know, they say that the COVID-19 is, you know, um, is increasing. So you might want to check them out. Dirkswipes.com. It's, it's a good company. Real nice website. You know, um, I think y'all ought to check that out. Again, go to beingblackandit.com if you're considering getting into the information technology game. Now on Amazon Prime. And I will see you guys very soon. Politics, tech, and tangibles. If it's not about that, I don't want to hear it. <laughs>